hello and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, I want to take this opportunity to welcome those of you who are watching uh, this weekend's message online. Uh, We're just honored that you take the time to join us. And uh, again, our Our prayer is that, you know, where you are, that these messages are encouraging you and bringing insight and exhortation into your life. And if you're joining us live in the room, thank you for being with us uh, this weekend here at Discovery Point. And Happy New Year. I mean, we're we're already into uh, the new year. Recently, uh, a friend uh, of Sharon and I's that she works with uh, was telling us about a Netflix documentary, and it's entitled 14 Peaks, Nothing is Impossible. And, and this, this documentary chronicles the journey of a Nepalese mountain climber by the name of Nirmal Persia. And, and it's about Nirmal's quest to climb the 14 highest peaks in the world. And all of these peaks are over 8,000 meters, which is which is over 26,000 feet, and uh, it's known as the, the death zone in the climbing community because of the lack of oxygen. So his goal was to climb these 14 peaks in seven months. And in doing so, uh, he would be breaking a long-standing record where a previous climber had climbed the 14 peaks in seven years. And so it was, uh, it, it was a, a, a worthy difficult, challenging goal that Nirmal set out to accomplish. But as we are watching uh, this story of this mountaineering expedition, uh, Nirmal talks about this special gift that he has, this special strength, I think that he calls it uh, in the documentary, and and it is this. He says that my, my biggest strength is that I have no fear. I have no fear. Today, I want to talk about fearless footsteps. And to do that, we're in the book of Joshua. And to be honest, it's a message that, that I've preached a few times uh, over the past 10 or 12 years. And, and I rarely do that. But this message is so important, especially as we're on the brink of a new year. I think it is a, an appropriate, powerful message out of the book of Joshua that will uh, bring uh, encouragement an exhortation, uh, and, and strengthen our faith as we move into the new year. So in Joshua, the early chapters of Joshua, I'll just briefly set the scene. We see that, that the Israelite nation, God's chosen people, have made their way uh, to the banks or the edge of the Jordan River. They've been hanging on to this promise that God has promised over 40 years ago, that he had this land for his people. He had a a special place for them. And it's been a long, long journey, if you know the story. And so Joshua shows us that, that they're on the banks of the Jordan River. Now, what's going on at the Jordan River is important to understand in the story as well. Because the Jordan River, uh, Joshua chapter 3 tells us, it's at flood stage. And that's critically important to the story. And it's at flood stage, it's, it's harvest season, but it is likely that to the north, Mount Hermon, uh, which uh, often receives a lot of snow. That snow is melting, and as that snow melts, it's making its way south, 
uh, hints into the Jordan River, and there we have a river at flood stage. Now, that context is what I want to focus on, and, and I want to see our lives in that context. And it's important because they're on the brink of something incredibly important in their life as a nation, in, in the tribes and the families, and as individual followers of Yahweh, they stand on the banks of this river. They're on the edge of the promise, if you will, but the river presents a problem. And so I just want to extract a few things out of the story that, that Joshua tells the people that I think is so appropriate for our lives as followers of this living God as we stand on the brink of a new year. Why don't you pray with me? Father, we pray as we look at this passage today that we do so with fresh insight, that we are taught by the Spirit, that we are alert, and that we are in a posture of receiving what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's talk about the three things that Joshua tells the people. First of all, we see that Joshua tells the people, as you come to the edge of that river, I want you to focus on following the God who goes before you. So in, in Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, let's read what the scripture says. It says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites, they left Acacia Grove and they arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went throughout the camp and they were giving instructions to the people. And they said this, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you've never traveled this way before, you, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance from you and the ark to make sure that you do not come any closer. I want you to notice what Joshua does here. And he, he tells them to follow this God who will go before them. And what I see is that, that before God reveals the path that the people would follow, he reveals his presence. Some nine times in Joshua chapter 3, the Ark of the Covenant is mentioned. Now, the Ark of the Covenant is this uh, divine representation of the presence of God among his people. It's this powerful symbol. In fact, in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, the writer of Hebrews says that in, inside the Ark of this Covenant, this, this rectangular box that it's overlaid with gold, inside are some amazing treasures. We know that the writer of Hebrews tells us that the, the tablets, the Ten Commandments, are in the Ark of the Covenant. That Aaron, who, who was a priest, that his, uh, uh, his rod that had budded is inside of the Ark of the Covenant. And, and then there's a jar of manna in the Ark of the Covenant as well. And so as Joshua rallies the people, he encourages them as they stand on the brink of the promise, separated from what God has said, by a raging river at flood stage. He immediately exhorts them, turn your attention to God. You see, faith is not a program. It's faith is not necessarily a plan. It's not a formula. But it is trust in the living, omnipotent, powerful God. You see, the future that God is calling us into, that future that is unknown to us, and this future that God is calling us into, this future that we are facing collectively 
this future that we are facing individually, this is teaching us that God is already in that future. The very thing that, that we see as, as a fearful element in our lives, this raging, flooding river, you have to understand that, 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 that God has already gone before us. Maybe this is why Jesus encourages us, follow me. Because he knows everything that we will walk through. He's already there. He is already there. Follow me. He's already there. So, so when we walk through the, the difficulty, he's already there. When we experience the joys, he's already there. When, when, when we're uncertain, he's already there. When we're faithless, he's already there. When we doubt, he's already there. When we're exhausted, Jesus is already there. When we are overwhelmed, he's already there. When we are defeated, he's already there. When we experience victory, he is already there. Even in death itself, he's already there. So Joshua exhorts the people, pay attention to the Ark of the Covenant. As it moves, you move. Stay behind it. Let it go before you. But follow the Ark of the Covenant. Fearless footsteps is understanding that God's presence comes before the path that He reveals in our lives. Now, now notice in verse 5, we see the second thing that Joshua tells the people. Notice with me, he says, Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. The word means to purify yourselves. Let's look at the passage. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do great wonders among you. Wow, this is a powerful word, to consecrate, to purify. The, the, work, the word means to prepare. It, it, it means to set something apart for a sacred purpose. It's as if Joshua is telling the people collectively, let's pay attention to the presence of God, let's follow the presence of God, but, but next, we've got to prepare ourselves. We've got to purify our lives, and, and we've got to consecrate ourselves. This, this word means to be, it's a beautiful word to be set apart for a sacred purpose. Now, it is likely in the context, what Joshua is saying is that he encouraged the people to, to bathe, to wash their clothes, and to probably abstain from all sexual activity. This consecration that we see in the passage, there's this physical expression, but it's representing, representing a spiritual preparedness. This physical expression of bathing, washing clothes, abstaining from sexual activity, all of that, that, that physical expression represents something much deeper, and that is a spiritual preparedness. What I have learned is that our spiritual condition is often revealed by our spiritual expectation. The condition of our lives spiritually, how we tend to our, our spiritual lives, how, how we pay attention to who we are and how we're following, how, 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 we, how we either feed and grow or neglect you see, the condition of our spiritual life is often a direct reflection of our spiritual expectation. 
Because if we're not expecting God to do amazing, wonderful things, if we don't expect that, then it's likely we're not paying close attention to our own spiritual lives, to the consecrating element of our lives. And, and we have the tendency to let our spiritual lives go, if you will, to, to in some ways collect dust, dirt, spiritual grime. And a lot of that is based upon because we're not expecting God to do much. Just last week, our family was in Dallas seeing some of our, our family. And while we were there, uh, a family member of mine uh, gave me uh, some, some fishing items. And one of those fishing items is this beautiful reel. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a valuable reel. It, when it was new, it was somewhat uh, of an expensive reel uh, in regard to bass fishing. But I noticed something about the reel when they handed it to me. I looked at the reel, and I turned it over, and I began to examine it, and I thought, wow, this thing is filthy. I don't, I don't know if you can see it on camera. Maybe there's a picture on the screen, but it's filthy. It was my uncle's reel, and my uncle was sick for a few years, and, of course, he got to the, the point where he couldn't fish and, and, quite frankly, just wasn't able to keep up and take care of his, of his fishing gear, but... It's a beautiful reel, but I, I got to tell you, I, I don't think I would take this reel fishing today. I, I'd be very, very nervous about the expectation of this reel. So uh, not only dirt and grime and, and, and not only, you know, the, do the bearings probably uh, need to be oiled and it needs to be taken apart and cleaned and cleansed and soaked. And not only that, but, but the line itself is not in very good condition. So quite frankly, I, I would be somewhat afraid to to use this reel in any serious fishing context because I, I'm not sure, I have no confidence and, and my expectation, quite frankly, is pretty low in regard to that reel right now. Not in its ability, but in its current condition. It needs to be cleaned and, and so it can be restored for its original intent. You know what I like about verse 5 of Joshua chapter 3? Joshua says this, purify yourselves. I want you to see the importance of personal spiritual responsibility. Do you see that in the passage? Purify yourselves. It is important that we as the body of Christ, that we gather together and that we receive exhortation from God's word and that we, we worship together, one heart, one soul, one mind. It is important that we gather in various types of context to worship and, and, and receive the Scripture and to have fellowship. But ultimately, you and I are responsible for our own spiritual lives. Joshua did not say the priests are going to consecrate you. He says, take responsibility for your own life and consecrate yourself. I would ask you, are you taking serious responsibility, personal responsibility, for the development, the growth, the tendering, and the nurturing of your spiritual life. Ultimately, we are responsible for our spiritual lives. And, and how do we consecrate ourselves? What does that mean? It means to be set apart. It means that we are in constant surrender. It means that we, we, are, we are not afraid to confess. We're, we're not afraid to deal with the issues of, of sin and neglect in our lives. We're not afraid to go there. We're not afraid to 
have those conversations with ourselves and with God, and, and we're certainly not afraid to, to surrender our lives. Paul says something like this. He says, I, I die every day. That, in some ways, is spiritual consecration, confession, worship, fellowship, prayer, engaging the Scriptures. How often are you and I, how often, are we taking the personal responsibility to prepare to purify our lives? It's as if to say, if we're not willing to take that responsibility, why would we ever expect to see amazing things from God? Joshua is clear. Consecrate yourselves, purify yourselves for tomorrow. God's going to do amazing things among you. And then the last thing I want to pull out that Joshua says to the people kind of the remaining part of the chapter is this idea of fearless footsteps not only follow the presence of God. Fearless footsteps not only means that, that we're in a posture of consecration and purification and, and, and confession before the Father and surrender, but, but it also means that we have the faith to step into the raging rivers of fear in our lives. Begin reading with me in verse 9, if you would. So Joshua told the Israelites... Come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Zebuzites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. Now the priests, they're going to carry the Ark of the Lord of all the earth, and as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water is going to be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. Notice verse 14. So the people left their camp. Here is the obedience of the people. So the people, they left their camp to cross the Jordan. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the priests went ahead of them. It was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark of the water, uh, carrying the ark, touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is very near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the river banks were dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Generally, at this time, the Jordan River was 80 to 100 feet wide, likely. And generally, it was a meandering, somewhat calm river. But, but here, the Bible is very clear. It's harvest season. It's at flood stage. And as I think about this river at flood stage, if, if I'm there, a part of the people of Israel, I'm thinking to myself, this is bad timing. This is really bad timing. And, and in fact, we've been waiting on this promise for well over 40 years, man. We've heard of this promise and, and God's made the promise. We've heard the stories and he's delivered our people. And can't we wait until this river settles down? I, I mean, can't we wait until harvest is over and, and the river is nice and calm. And, and then at that point, wouldn't it be wise to cross the river at that point? This seems so risky. 
why don't we just wait until the water recedes? And I can hear someone else saying, yeah, you know, Moses, there's something like this that's happened in our history before. There, Moses uh, stood on the edge of the Dead Sea, and all he had to do was raise a staff. And as he raised the staff, the waters parted. And by the way, where, where is Moses' staff? Can we, can we get our hands on that? That seems like a better plan than, than what we're hearing, the priest stepping into the river, especially if you're one of the priests. You're like, wait a second. Is, is there a different plan here? Can we go about this? in a different way. Bad timing. You, you've had those moments in your life, haven't you? Where something happens and you think to yourself, this is bad timing. Not that that thing that happened, there was ever good timing for it to happen. But when it happened, one of the first things you thought is, I don't need this. I don't need this right now. Timing. Timing is important in the story because often it is in the timing, in God's timing in our lives that we begin to understand He can be trusted. I I love this, and I, I don't want to talk a lot about this maybe some other time, but I want you to see a spiritual leadership lesson, and that is this. When the priest stepped When the priest stepped in, the others walked through. I really want you to hear that. And when I say spiritual leadership, I'm talking beyond what we would classify as spiritual leadership traditionally. I'm talking about maybe in your home, you're the spiritual leader. There's elements of spiritual leader in some aspect of your life, could be in your your career, could be in your office, maybe People look to you. Maybe they know you as a spiritual leader. And here's what I want you to hear at this point in the passage. Is that when we step in, others get to walk through. And they get to walk through, not only through it, but to it. To the promises of God. But spiritual leadership is a willingness to, so to speak, stick our toe into the water and see what God does with fearless footsteps. This is so fascinating to me, is that the water did not stop until the priest stepped. And there are some things in our lives that will not stop until we step. I want you to hear that. There are some things in our lives, there are things that you're dealing with right now in your life that will not stop until you step. You see, the promises and the miracles of God are always in the context of faith. Always. God works in the context of faith. Scripture says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And these priests, probably fearful on the inside, took a fearless footstep into that raging river. And as they stepped, the water began to stop. Maybe you're watching this or you're in the room. And as you understand the story, maybe you, in some ways, you you feel like the Israelites that day. 
You feel you're, you're standing on the edge of something that is quite fearful. You're standing on the edge of something that feels like a raging river, and you know that God has a promise in His Word, but you don't see any way through it. Maybe you're standing on the edge of something and it's raging. Maybe it's, it's, your, it's your physical health. Maybe it's your mental health. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Could be your finances, right? It, it could be a number of things, but you stand on the edge like the people as they woke up and they could feel the power of that river. They could hear the river roar. They, they could feel the spray. And they stood there probably thinking, I don't see a way through this. I do not see a way through this. Let's end our time in verse 17. I want you to notice what the scripture says. Meanwhile, what an interesting word, meanwhile. The priests who were carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. I think it's important that we understand something in verse 17, and that's this, is that God's presence was in the middle of what they feared. God's presence was in the middle of what they feared. What a comfort. I mean, what, what an understanding, what an insight that God's presence, the Lord's covenant, the Ark of the Covenant stood on dry ground, the Scripture says, in the middle of the river. You see, God not only led them to that river, He led them through that river. We could say it this way. God not only led them to it, but he led them through it. And we got to understand as we follow him and he leads us to it, even though it feels like a raging river and it very well could be. Let's understand that as he leads us to it, he will also lead us through it. I just, I just challenge those of you here in the room today at Discovery Point, those of you watching on video, I, my challenge is this, that let's be the people who stand on the edge of raging rivers at flood stage. Let's be the people who stand on the edge. Let's approach this year as we stand on the edge of 2022 with so much uncertainty so much unknown, quite frankly, maybe so much fear. But let's stand on the edge of a new year. Similar to those priests we see in Joshua chapter 3, who take the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, they embrace it, they step into that fearful place, and they take that Ark of the Covenant with them. Let's be the people following the God who goes before us. 
living consecrated, purified lives, knowing that God, He will do amazing things among us. And when we are consecrated, we get to see it. And then ultimately, with a faith in this omniscient, omnipresent God, we move forward for His glory, stepping into the rivers of the unknown of life, proclaiming His goodness, His faithfulness, and His glory. As you watch this today, as you hear this message today, understand that whatever you walk through, if you are His child, He will be in the middle of it with you. In fact, He's already there. He's already there. Take comfort in that. As you take comfort in that, let's move out. Let's collectively, as the body of Christ, be people who take fearless footsteps. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.